You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, You Have an Anointing. Enjoy. Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Let's just invite the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, we just lift our hands before you. Your people, we honor you, we glorify you, God. We lift high your name. You said that if you be lifted up, you draw all men unto you. Thank you, Lord, that your name is exalted in this place, in our lives, in our speech. Hallelujah, Father, we, are, we have been made free, but we make ourselves bond servants to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, we offer ourselves this morning a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, pleasing unto you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that we bear your name, that we bear your image. We thank you, Father, that you have called us your own, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for your anointing. We thank you for your presence. Father, we anoint our ears right now to hear the word of God and anoint our hearts, Lord, to perceive and understand the word of God as it's being delivered. And thank you, Lord, for the anointing on my mouth that my tongue be uh, like a pen of a ready writer, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for your word being spoken this morning, your name being exalted. And, the, and your son, Jesus, being lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So last week, I, I thank you again, Joseph, for letting me be up here, allowing me the privilege of delivering the word of God. And it is a privilege. What we have is special. <laughs> it's the word of God. It's anointed. It's the answer for every need. Yes. And we thank God that he gave us his word. He spoke his word in order that the word might be written. We now have it written. Imagine if God spoke and everything was created, but it was never written. We wouldn't know it. God spoke the word in order that it would be written. We see it. And now that it's written, guess what? We can speak it again. Hallelujah. So the word of God was spoken that it might be written, that it might be spoken. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right. Hallelujah. Woo. And it is a privilege to be able to do that here this morning. And I just thank God for uh, what he's doing in my life. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, I don't think we've seen anything yet. Hallelujah. I know it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So this... Yesterday, watching the funeral procession of Billy Graham, I was writing my notes and preparing for this morning, and how, what a unique experience that was to watch uh, the casket, the body of Billy Graham being uh, placed in repose in, Char I think, Charlotte, North Carolina, and watching that online while I am practicing <laughs> and writing down my notes. And I thought, just what Joseph said this morning, how amazing to watch this time. And we've heard prophecies, and we've been hearing that a shift is happening. And I don't know, by the Spirit of God, I do perceive that. I do perceive that. In, in a time where it once was uh, names, and we thought it was somebody else's responsibility, I think the Spirit of God is stirring us to say, it's not their responsibility. We are the church. Yeah. Pastor Joseph and I are here pastoring this church, but you are the church. Amen. And it's not our responsibility. And I hope and pray that you see and pick up the call of God, that it's our work. It's our mission. And uh, God, I really am excited to see what is going to happen in these next months in the Spirit of God, by the Spirit, what we perceive happening. But one of the things that Billy Graham would say uh, all the time was, what will you do with Jesus? He would pose that question. Uh, he was focused on his call. It was very clear. If you watch a video from 1950-something, it'll be the same as what he was doing just years before he passed. It's the same. He was so focused and so on point. And uh, as we talked about calls, 
commissions, calls, and dreams last week, I thought, what a model we have to consider this week as we gather together. He's focused on that call. He said yes to the call of God and didn't waver in fulfilling that call. As God led him, he went. And I think they said he was in as many as 158 nations preaching the gospel. And that faithfulness to the call is brought him before great kings and nations. Hallelujah. And then they played uh, the, the hymn that was always played at the end of his crusades, Just As I Am. And uh, God is not, boy, and the, the openness of the call. And I want to encourage us that it's not for some, it's for all. The call of salvation isn't just for who you think deserves it. It's for all. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not for who you think will receive it. It's for all. Hallelujah. And I just charged us last week that we not predetermine or predecide who we'll make the call to, that the call is to everyone. Hallelujah. So today's message uh, is called You Have an Anointing. And as I said, we just got to witness a model of someone who walked in his call, walked in an anointing that was uh, unique. Look how many people have been impacted by that ministry. And you know what he would say and what his family has said since his passing is that he would want God to receive all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So last week's statements, at the end of last week, I gave a couple statements. I'm going to review those and just think again of who we just saw past, Billy Graham, and see if he didn't do these things that I just said last week. <laughs> so he's uh, proved to be a very timely and appropriate example this morning. So good. Don't be concerned about what the other guy is doing, I said last week. Uh, these things, your commission, your call, and your dreams are progressively developing. They're going to take time. Time is involved. 99 years, we saw, of a call developed, worked, and matured into a legacy stage, which is what we talked about last week also. Don't be in a hurry. Hallelujah. Will you go 99 years? Will you go 120 years? Or have you already decided as long as you're going to go and then you're going to stop? Joseph gave us that challenge at the end. We need believers who go all the way, who go the distance. Hallelujah. Uh, let grace lead. You are not done. If you're here, you're not done. If you're done, you're not here. <laughs> okay? You got it? So we, again, we see that just this week. All right, hallelujah. For every season there is an assignment, and for every assignment there is grace. And then I said, you have an anointing. The anointed one and his anointing dwells in you. Amen. Hallelujah, and that's how we ended last week. And so from there I want to pick up this week's message and tell you, you have an anointing. Hallelujah. You have an anointing. I feel like I need to say it a couple of times for you to receive it. You have an anointing. You have an anointing. How can I say this? Because the word of God says it. And of course, we base everything on the word of God. We measure our, everything that we think, everything that we feel. A lot of times people look and say, an anointing is, a, uh, is something that we can see or something kind of uh, uh, ethereal and supernatural and it's kind of uh, not tangible. But the anointing is real. It's the word of God tells us about it. And we're going to study what it is to know that even if you haven't had that supernatural experience that we think you have an anointing Amen. hallelujah so let's take a look at the word of god let's take a look first as we should in everything jesus i said last week as a disciple of christ we discipline ourselves after jesus so what's Jesus about? If I call myself a disciple of Jesus, I'm going to discipline myself after his pattern. So let's take a look at Jesus this morning. First thing I want to do, let's look at Luke 4. Thank you, Eden. Verse 18. This is what Jesus said about himself. The spirit of the Lord is upon me 
because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Continue, I love this. And then he closed the book, he gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. <laughs> That's the first mic drop right there that ever was. <laughs> he makes this statement, gave the book back to the attendant, and sat down. <laughs> That's all he had to say about it. First mic drop right there in Luke 4.20. It was Jesus. Jesus. What does his name mean? Anybody can shout it out to me. What does Jesus literally mean? God saves, God saves. Jesus means God saves. Yeah, okay, God saves. How about Christ? Who knows what Christ is? The anointed one, I hear it, good for you. We knew the joke is always made, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's not alphabetized Christ, last name, first, first name, last Jesus. No, no, none of that. It means God saves, Jesus the anointed one in his anointing, all right? So in the Amplified Bible, when you see the word Christ, they will often um, translate it as the anointed one, sometimes the Messiah, because there is only one Messiah, and his name is Jesus. He's already come, but he's often called the anointed one, uh, in the Amplified Bible. So when you're reading in other translations of the Bible and you come across Jesus Christ, I want you to think right away, God saves the anointed one and his anointing, okay? So when you see Christ, remember the anointed one. So Jesus was anointed, okay? Very good. Let's also look at Acts 10.38. You may recognize this. How God anointed Jesus, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We know, too, that the Bible tells us that, uh, well, let's first, let me just talk about the anointing a little bit. What, and I said this last week, what am I talking about in anointing? Again, am I talking about some um, hard to describe, some kind of supernatural, intangible thing that I can't get my head around? No, the anointing is simply this. Very basically, it's God's ability in you. So the anointing is God's ability. Well, that's interesting, and that should be encouraging to us because Philippians tells us that Jesus emptied himself of all of his deity. He did not consider it equality, right? He didn't want to grasp it being the same with God. It says that he emptied himself of all of his godness, basically, and came to earth as a man. So although he emptied himself and became a man just like you and me, he had to be born. He didn't float down and arrive. I am the son of God. I am the Messiah. He came by flesh through a, a woman and was uh, emptied at that moment of all of his deity is what Philippians tells us. But he did have power. He did receive power. And it was in this manner. God anointed Jesus. Hallelujah. So he, although he emptied himself, he did receive power. Let's read that again. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. All right, let's remember that, that it was God who gave to Jesus while he was here as a man God's ability in his person. It's the anointing is the power of God to accomplish anything. In the scriptures, we see storms were silenced. We see arms grew back. We see blind eyes opened. We see leprosy removed. We see skin conditions being made whole. Where parts were missing, parts were replaced. Hallelujah. 
So it's the power of God to accomplish anything. Hallelujah. This is the anointing. It's the power of God to undo everything the devil has done in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The anointing is the power of God to undo everything the devil has done. So there's no need for you to hang your head low this morning. There's no need for you to be sad this morning. Well, you don't know my past. You don't know the challenges. You don't know what the devil has done. The anointing of God. You have an anointing that undoes any work of the devil. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So let's talk about this anointing in the aspect of the priesthood. In in, uh, Psalm, we're going to jump here, Eden. In Psalm 133, this particular scripture we often talk about with its emphasis on unity. You may have heard this scripture used talking about unity, but there's a description of the anointing in here that I want to particularly focus on today. So Psalm 133, 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is. Hallelujah. I say amen to that, for brethren to dwell together in unity. Hallelujah. It's like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, who was the first priest, running down on the edge of his garments. It, and then did a... a Oh, there it is. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. All right. So in in times past, you've probably heard that where there's unity, there's anointing, and there is where the blessing is. I want to say this, too, that in looking at the different tributes to Billy Graham's life this week, I particularly like seeing the picture of Oral Roberts. How many of you saw that? And Billy Graham standing together, um, if any of you saw that. So wonderful. And they talked about the fact that although their doctrines may have differed, they were very very good friends and that they were complimentary and uh, at the time that they worked together. Oral Roberts, if you know his history, his emphasis and his message was God is good. <laughs> he would make an emphasis and people would fight him as he said, God is good. God is good. And of course, Billy Graham giving emphasis to the cross and to understand what Jesus did in pouring out his blood and to respond to that, to come. And they were men of God partnered And even though they weren't necessarily seen together a whole lot in that era, they were working together, one in one anointing and one in another anointing, and we could see a blessing, a unity there. And I want to say today that I really believe that if we would recognize in one another the anointing, I see your anointing, Jerome. Your anointing showing, right? (laughs) Uh, I see your anointing, Lee. Your anointing is showing. I see... You're anointing Mariah. (laughs) I see you're anointing um, Donna. I see you're anointing Linda. So if I can see you and how God has gifted you, I'm not going to be uh, fighting against that. I'm going to be working together with what God has given you. So I believe that we're coming into a time when the church is no more concerned about what's your doctrine? What do you believe? Well, I don't believe that, so we can't work together. No, this is a time when the body of Christ is coming awake to say, I see your anointing. I see your call. And we work together in that, all right? But that's just a side note to what I really wanted to focus on, verse (laughs) 2. Verse 2 is telling us uh, the description of how the priest was anointed from the head. The oil was poured on the head, and it ran down the beard and all over his clothes until it was dripping off the hem of his garment. And we know that the woman who, with the issue of blood, said, all I have to do is touch the hem of his garment. And we see here, why was that? Why did she say that? Well, maybe uh, because she had an understanding of the anointing. I just 
it's all over him. All I need, I can go to the very lowest part and still get what I need. I can still, I can reach to the lowest. I don't have to be having his hand or touching his head. Uh, the oil, the anointing goes all the way down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So this ointment was special. They didn't just take a bottle of olive oil. They had uh, special kinds of ointments. They put special herbs in it, and it was a special mixture that was used for the anointing of the priest. It was sticky. It was put on messily. It was put on carelessly. <laughs> it was just all over, all right? I don't know, I've been seeing, like, back, there's always some show in, in our time, I think Ellen DeGeneres right now has a show, like, where people get things dumped on them, anybody seen that? I don't know, it's been being talked about, or they're falling out of ceilings, or just crazy, crazy things, but one thing is they get stuff dumped over their head, and it's just all over them, back in the 90s, it was being slimed, or something like that, anybody remember all that? So, get an idea of one of these kinds of things, where you just stand under a fountain, and it just it's messy it's careless it's all over they don't care if it's in your eyes or nose the anointing is all over Jesus when God anointed him all over him not a careful little dot on the forehead but an all over not one part of Jesus did not contain the anointing every part of Jesus was anointed hallelujah it wasn't small. <laughs> it was messy and it was careless. And boy, did the religious leaders point him out on that, how messy and how careless he was with his anointing. Hallelujah. Oh, so good. But they smear it. Anointing, the actual definition, is a smear. It's some kind of, some kind of substance that is smeared on. Isn't that awesome? Smeared. <laughs> Sounds messy, but when it's the anointing, I'll take it, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Jesus is the anointed one. When you read Christ, remember, he is the anointed one. But here's the good news. How can I say that you have an anointing? Because Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing resides in you if you're born again and have received Jesus as your Lord. That means everything that Jesus had, that drippy, messy, careless anointing, <laughs> the anointed one and all of his anointing dwells now inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Colossians 1, 25, 26, and 27. So it says, I, this is Paul, am made a minister according to the dispensation of God. This is different. I have King James. I believe you have new King James. So just follow along. I am made a minister. <laughs> I love it. Paul, and again, think of last week as well, commissions, calls, and dreams. Paul says, I am made a minister because I decided to be. No, I am made a minister because someone told me to be. Uh, my dad told me to be. <laughs> uh, I am made a minister because I have a degree that tells me I'm a, a minister. No, it says I am made a minister according to the stewardship, or I like the King James, dispensation of God. God dispensed to Paul gifts and God has dispensed to each one of you in this room gifts. And like I said last week, God is not without purpose. When he dispensed to you a gift, he has a purpose in mind. All right? He's not just handing out gifts because he's got so many and doesn't know what to do with them. He's very purposeful. Do you know, and this is just a side little science note that I find so fascinating, there are 20 amino acids, 20 amino acids that have to come together to make even the smallest protein. So amino acids are the smallest. Where are my medical people? 
I got medical people in here. All right. So, no? All right. I'll be the medical person <laughs> today. <laughs> all right. So, 20 amino acids, they're the building blocks of all proteins. And we know that in science, um, evolution has a problem or difficulty answering this question because in order for there to be any life, there has to be protein. But in order for there to be protein, there has to be amino acids. So, they talk about this pool of water and maybe some electricity came in but nevertheless there had to be some protein element in order for this to happen i'm talking about this the the um, intentionality of God right here, <laughs> okay? I'm talking about that God doesn't do anything by accident or by mistake, that he's very intentional in what he does. So 20 amino acids, it takes a combination of 128 of those 20 to be chained together in just the right order in order for there to even be the smallest protein. So if I've got uh, amino acid one, but I need seven, if it's supposed to be one, seven, 20, you know, the numbers, if I numbered them all, one through 20, they have to be in a significant and purposeful order. You can't just toss 128 amino acids in whatever combination together to get a protein. You need it to be in that exact order or it's not going to come. And that's for the smallest one. So God is very intentional. He doesn't assign or line up gifts in lives just at some random whatever. Whatever you want to do with that, Phyllis. Guess, you know, uh, okay, I'll give some to you guys over here too. Whatever you just go and, you know, whatever. No, God is not a whatever God. <laughs> God is not a whatever God. He's intentional. And when he gave you gifts, he had a purpose in mind. All right? So we're talking and finding out from God what this purpose is. Hallelujah. So we have this, he, according to the stewardship dispensation from God, which was given to me for you. It's not for me that I have these gifts. It's for you. Hallelujah. To fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from the ages and from the generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah! Christ dwells in you. So I'm kind of getting in front of myself a little bit here. But the, the thing I want you to know is Jesus Christ is the anointed one. And he's got a sticky, messy, careless anointing that goes from top of his head to the tips of his toes. Not one part of him is without the power and ability of God to undo everything the devil has done. And that Jesus, that anointed one, dwells inside of you. But that's not all. That's not all. If you've come to Christ and you've invited Jesus, you've made him the Lord of life, you've, you've said, let my life be your home. If you haven't done that today, that's, that's what you want to do. You want to invite Jesus to make this your home. You be at home here, Lord, right? So when you do that, he comes and dwells inside of you. But that's not all. That's not all. You have an anointing. Glory to God. Let's take a look at that. 2 Corinthians 1.21. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. So we too, not only was Jesus anointed, but the Bible tells us that we are anointed. So not only do I have the anointing one, anointed one and his anointing dwelling inside of me, this scripture, 2 Corinthians 1.21, says that God has anointed us. Hallelujah. We've gotten smeared. <laughs> We're smeared. Yes, I'm smeared. I love it. So you've been smeared. Why was Jesus smeared? Remember what we started with back in Luke 8, 4, 18? Why was Jesus smeared? To do all that stuff. He listened to do the works of God, right? And to destroy, what did I say? Destroy the works of the devil. 
So not only am I doing the works of God, but I'm destroying the works of the devil by his anointing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's both. It's both. I'm doing the works of God and I destroy the works of the devil by the anointed one in his anointing and the anointing that I've received from God. I've been smeared for the same purpose that Jesus was smeared to fulfill God's purpose through and for my life. Hallelujah. Do you remember last week? Jesus is the high priest of your call. It's come from him, not from you. It's not by your works, but this call that's coming to you this morning, maybe you haven't heard this before. Maybe you haven't known that every one of us has been printed with God's fingerprint. When we were made and formed inside of our mother's womb, it says that he was overseeing. He knit us together. He knit us together. God knit us together. Don't be fooled, parents, that it was just some chromosome uh, dance that brought your children here. God knit your children together in your wombs, moms. Hallelujah. So don't think that everything your child is, so, is good at comes from you. <laughs> All right? Yeah, you did your part, but you're, you're, you need to recognize the anointing. You need to recognize the gift of God in your children. All right? And not think that, hey, this product is a result of me, oh, and him, and uh, all that. No, we need to recognize the anointing of God. We need to recognize the gifts of God. So whether you've understood it or not, when you were knit together by God in your mother's womb, he was putting his fingerprint, his mark all over you with these gifts that have come from God, have come from heaven. Hallelujah. All right? So it's not by you. If you're a great basketball player, that's fantastic, as your nephew is, but I'm sure he knows those gifts have come from God. Yes. And I love to see gifts in operation, but how much more do I love to see them accelerated because people understand that it's been given to them from God? Hallelujah. They recognize and give recognition to the anointing. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So you are God's choice this morning. Whatever he's put inside of you to do, he's chosen you to do it. He put it in there. Like I said, he's not just throwing a bunch of amino acids together and see what we get. Woo! No. God is very intentional. And what he's put inside of there is an indicator that he's chosen you to employ your gifts to a purpose that doesn't come from you. It comes from him. It's for his purpose. And I love this. We talked about this last week. And by his grace, right? It's by his grace that we operate in these things. Let's look further. If you're not convinced yet that you have been given an anointing, not only does Jesus, the anointed one, dwell inside of you, but you've been given an anointing. If you're not convinced yet, let's take a look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. The scripture tells us again, you have an anointing, and it comes from the Holy One. God himself has smeared you by his choice with his giftings for you, and to operate in them according to his grace and according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's continue and look at the next one. Just a few verses down, verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you don't need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So this is telling us that that anointing that has come from the Holy One, it abides. In the Old Testament, we saw the anointing come and we saw the anointing go. In this covenant, 
in 1 John, we see that the anointing that we've received from the Holy, um, a Holy One, it abides. So whether you recognize it or not, whether you ever um, thank God for the gifts he's given you or not, whether you ever actually pick up those gifts and start working with them or not, they abide. They're with you. And if you'll recognize the anointing of God, if you'll acknowledge it in your life, if you let it teach you, if you let it teach you concerning all things, and if you recognize that anointing as true, and not everybody else and what everybody else is saying is true, if you let the anointing teach you, you'll abide in him, is what this is telling us. Hallelujah. So the anointing is abiding in you. And for some of us, it's, it's been dormant. We didn't know. But today that changes. Today that changes. We're finding out that we have an anointing for God's purpose, by his grace, and that anointing stays. And if I let it teach me, if I let it lead me, then I will abide in him. A lot of people maybe get the cart before the horse and want to start a ministry and then ask God for an anointing, not realizing that they already had been given a gift, already carried an anointing, and instead of following the anointing, they ask the anointing to come along with them, okay? But we follow the anointing. We follow where it is, where it, <laughs> the gifts, Right? Doesn't it say that your gifts will bring you before men? It will open doors for you and bring you before great men? So if we follow that gift, we follow that anointing, let that anointing teach you, you'll be abiding in him, and, uh, and, and it'll be like no effort whatsoever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. All right. So what do we learn here? I, when I hear that it's not going anywhere, uh, it made me think of uh, John 14, 16 in the Amplified Bible. Let's look at that, Eden. John 14, 16, this chapter is fantastic. It's a chapter all about the Holy Ghost that Jesus is saying. He's standing there talking with the disciples. He says, you know what, guys? I'm going to go, but it's okay. It's going to be better for you that I go because there's going to be another helper coming. And he's going to abide with you. And he speaks and he's letting them know. He's telling them of the Holy Spirit. So the whole, do you know that anointing, the word anointing, the word gifts, and the word Holy Spirit all circle around the same root in Greek, the charisma, chrisma. Um, so all of these are uh, related. The Holy Spirit your call, your anointing, and the gifts, all of those are of the Spirit of God. All right? So this scripture, let's look at it. John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he, Jesus, Jesus is going to ask God, and God is going to give you another comforter. So Jesus is going to, remember Jesus is the high priest making intercession. He, he's asked God, made intercession for you, asked God to give you another comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the Amplified calls him counselor. We've been hearing this morning, the counselor we need to be in, whose office we need to be in is the Holy Ghost, all right? We need to be in the office of the Holy Ghost. And that's a counseling that'll do you good every day. Uh, hallelujah. Helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. So when I heard that this uh, anointing abides, it made me think of this scripture right here. It says that he'll remain with you forever. And then I got excited about the idea of standby. How many of you guys, you... Uh, homeowners in here have a generator um, at your house just a couple it's probably a good idea we don't have one. <laughs> it's probably, okay <laughs> that's right why do I ask 
if you have a generator because a generator is an example of a standby power. What does it mean? When you lose power, this thing kicks in and provides power for you. Hallelujah. I love the Amplified's um, word in calling the Holy Ghost standby. And you know, we, there are different size generators depending on the size of the place that needs the power, right? All right. Well, what about these places like hospitals or the center of you know, the CDC in Atlanta? These are big places with big refrigerators keeping things running and keeping things safe. And if those things lose power, it's bad news. Um, my mom, how funny, she's going to laugh when she watches this, but my mom, I called her, uh, remember Florida had some big hurricanes, um, and, and uh, it was her responsibility to babysit some cultures, she's a nurse, and uh, she had to babysit some cultures because they lost power wherever they were, so she had some cultures from the lab, you know, in her refrigerator, she was babysitting, but when these, if, if they didn't, if they warmed up, it'd be bad news all the results all the work all the tests they had done have been nullified so so this power depending on the importance will uh will determine what size generator a place will need so what i love about these bigger places that have got to have it which is us we've got to have the holy ghost to fulfill what god has called us to do so don't think of yourself as a little trailer you are a big stuff is important stuff is happening facility all right you are big what god has for you is big you're like the cdc or a hospital you're big okay and things going on in your life you need some big power all right so you're not going to do this without the power of the Holy Ghost. But what I love about this standby for these big facilities is that they're permanently installed. They're not on wheels that you can just take down the road with your camper. They're permanently installed, okay? They're not just, you know, uh, they are there. They're built into the building, into the facility. They're built in. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost is abiding in me living in me he's not going anywhere hallelujah he's built in thank you lord he's permanently installed he's not going to run away when somebody else needs more power than i do he's 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 installed he's staying all right also what i like about these bigger units is that they automatically detect a loss of power does the holy ghost do that for you he knows when you're running low and he kicks in hallelujah he's the helper he knows when he knows when you're running low and he kicks in he detects the power loss and it doesn't take necessarily a decision by you to come over and say holy ghost could you please help me no the holy ghost is just there he's permanently installed that's his business you don't have to ask him to do it because the jesus already asked the father to do it he's the so you don't have to think if i don't ask the holy ghost jesus asked the father the holy ghost is permanently installed and he automatically kicks in when you need a helper hallelujah when you need a strengthener oh glory to god i'm so glad that it's not on me now i can pray in tongues and i do to build myself up right and that's just a regular practice going on we just sing in the shower or while i'm driving we're praying in the holy ghost but it's not it's not because i did that that the holy ghost is in me he's in it because jesus asked the father hallelujah oh hallelujah another thing i like about these standby units is it gives power to what is called critical loads critical loads critical loads you got something really big something of real significance going on it's a critical load all right so so it doesn't matter how much is bearing down on you how much is demanding the power the holy ghost has enough power to handle even the critical loads hallelujah glory to god hallelujah now here's the thing i've just told you that jesus 
was the anointed one, and he has the anointing. I just told you that if you're born again, if you've made Jesus Lord of your life, that Jesus with his anointing, his messy, smeary power of God to do anything and undo the works of the devil dwells inside of me. I've also told you this morning from the word of God that you also have been smeared and have this anointing. But here's the thing. You must believe the word of God. You have to have faith in the anointing. And I'm going to encourage you this morning to make this switch. Switch to standby, okay? <laughs> switch to standby. We're not going through our lives. And the times when you're getting weary and you're feeling the burden and you're feeling stressed, it's because you have not acknowledged or haven't believed the anointing inside of you. You haven't recognized it. You haven't, you haven't given consideration to the fact that God, by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, dwells inside of me. And that power, that yoke destroying, oh, that power dwells inside of me. So when I'm bearing the burden, I failed to put my faith in this that this, the Bible tells me, is that I have an anointing. So let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 2.5. It tells us plainly, your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. <laughs> it's so simple. Look at that. Your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What is the anointing? The power of God the ability of God. So rather than having faith in whatever thing you can come up with, the wisdom of men, whatever faith you've been putting in somebody else to fix your problem is misplaced. Your faith needs to switch over to stand by power, and your faith needs to be in the anointing which dwells inside of you and is on you. Can we, can we hear this today? Can we hear the word of God? Can we see the word of God? Can we hear the word of God? Can we receive the word of God this morning that we would have faith in the anointing and not in the wisdom of men? Hallelujah. What you believe, you speak. If you don't believe that the anointing of God is, if you, if you sit in here after hearing this morning and you belittle or count small what God has done in your life, then you need to listen to this again. <laughs> you need to listen to the word again because you, God has given you gifts. He's giving you an anointing. He has a purpose for you. He's got the grace for you to do it. He's the standby. He's providing the power. You are important. You are the chosen one of God. He's chosen you for this purpose. If you don't believe that, you're never going to speak this stuff. If you don't believe that you have an anointing, you're never going to rely on that anointing. And you'll go back to believing and putting your faith in whatever the wisdom of men has to say. But your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the anointing, the power of God. I believe what I, or I, I, I speak what I believe. The Holy Spirit, these are our last final thoughts. The Holy Spirit is always waiting on words. At the time of creation, when God said, what we know that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the earth, and what was he waiting for? The word of God. And God said, let there be light, and zoom. The Holy Spirit is the agent of God's power. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is always waiting on the words of God. That's what we saw from the beginning of creation. And it's no different for you or for I, for me. We are, uh, we are ones who carry the anointing. We're doing the works that Jesus did and even greater things than these. Then we need to operate in the same way. When we have faith in the anointing, we'll speak it. And we'll also, uh, we also understand that as we speak it, the Holy Spirit is right there to waiting on my words. As I say what God says, he goes to work to accomplish these things. You guys know, um, I, I appreciated this illustration. I heard it recently. Um, 
and it fits for Highway Church. <laughs> but I was listening to a podcast that featured Len Mink. Everybody, does anybody know Len Mink, the praise and worship leader um, with Kenneth Copeland Ministries? I didn't know Len Mink um, because of his association <laughs> with uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministries. I love this story. I knew Len Mink because of his little character, Gospel Duck. He had this little gospel duck character. I happened to get it uh, when I was young, and he tells children how to be saved. But anyway, when I later learned and grew up and learned that gospel duck was actually the worship leader for Kenneth Ministries, I was like, wow! So it was pretty cool. But anyway, little, little side gospel duck moment. <laughs> but uh, they were interviewing Len, and he was talking about this importance and destiny how many of you guys have seen the asphalt machines? When they're paving a highway, they block off that lane and you can pass by. But those big, big machines and the hot, steamy, sticky asphalt is coming out the back. And then what's behind that? A roller, right, to flatten it. And um, then they come along later after it's cured and they paint it. And we have a highway. <laughs> well, Len Mink said that uh, he was looking at this and the Spirit of God alerted him and said, this is like, uh, like the machinery of your life, that we put the word in, we put that chunky uh, asphalt stuff into the machine of the Holy Ghost, we put the word of God into our lives, and then as we speak it and agree with it, it comes out a ribbon of highway that we can easily and 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 without obstacle travel along. So if you can speak the word of God, take the word of God and put it into the machinery of your life. Let it heat up <laughs> inside of there and then you speak it and out comes before you this beautiful, unobstructed, smooth, doesn't it say, that he raises up the low places and he brings down the high places. He smooths it out. But it takes our cooperation. If I'm not having faith in the anointing, I'm not going to speak the anointing in my life. But if I do believe what I'm hearing, and then I too let it cook in there and meditate on it, and then I agree with the anointing and I speak with the anointing, then that's going to roll out right in front of me, and i got this nice, smooth thing that I can travel along on. Hallelujah. It's up to us. What does it say? That um, uh, every promise, uh, to help me, Pastor Joseph, every promise from God is yes and amen. But what's the next part say? It says we speak the amen, right? So every promise from God is yes, yes. Yes, amen. Yes, Gerda, it's good to see you, by the way. <laughs> so yes, God's word to you, God's promises are yes, yes and amen. But we speak the amen. We have to say amen. So I found out today that I have gifts and God has anointed me. I have to say amen to that. I can't say, well, you know, I don't know how God could use me. You just said no. <laughs> God's saying yes, yes, and you said, well, I don't know, because so-and-so is so much better than me, or you just said no. You need to speak the amen to the truth of God's word this morning, that you have gifts inside of you. You've been anointed, Keith, and there are things that you speak the amen. You say yes. You say yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know you believe what you say more than what anybody else says, right? You believe you more than anyone else. I mean, your husband can say all day long, oh, you're so beautiful, you look so nice, and you didn't even hear it because you hear yourself going, do I look a little pudgy in this or whatever? So he can be there, you look so beautiful, but who are you hearing? You're hearing yourself in the mirror, right? Come on, no, don't go there. <laughs> Come on. I know. <laughs> Listen, when, when, we, when we need to hear the word of God and we need to shut our mouth when we're ready to make an excuse or say, well, I'm not as pretty or I'm not as gifted or I can't see that anyone would ever want to listen to me or uh-uh. You speak the amen. Amen. Your words, your agreement with God are the seeds of fulfillment. I'm going to say that again. Your agreement with God's word are the seeds 
of the fulfillment of your call. You will never see the fulfillment of your call if you don't say yes to what God is saying yes in your life. So your agreement, your speaking the words of God are seeds planted towards the fulfillment of your call. So speak what God says. Hallelujah. So let's say this together. You're going to say it after me. Believe and speak. Are you ready for this? Now listen, don't just blah, 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 blah. She says that, I say that. Don't engage. Remember, we're having faith in the anointing. Okay, we just heard this morning, the anointed one and his anointing dwells in me. I've also been smeared and have received an anointing. Now I have to have faith in what I've just heard. I've got to express faith, and how do we do that? By speaking it by agreeing with God. So we're gonna agree right now with God. Are you ready? So say it after me. The anointed one and his anointing dwells in me. I have an anointing that comes from the Holy One. This anointing abides. It does not leave. It remains. I count the anointing as precious. I value the anointing. The anointing teaches me. I am growing in the anointing. God's calling gifts in my life are done by the anointing. I'm not trusting in me. I have faith in the anointing in me. I'm a teacher by the anointing. I'm a preacher by the anointing. I serve by the anointing. I'm a writer by the anointing. I'm a business owner by the anointing. I parent by the anointing. I'm anointed in my marriage. The anointing is on my relationships. The call of God on my life is fulfilled by the anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And here at Highway Church, I want you to know we've been in ministry for many years. Joseph was ordained in 2001. It was a long time ago. But even before that, we had been serving in the church. And in lots of places, we'd get lots of compliments. We'd say, oh, what a lovely family. Oh, what a beautiful couple. Oh, what nice voices. Oh, don't you play so nicely. Oh, aren't you just so cute or whatever. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, that that began to, to grate a, a little bit on my spirit because what I recognized is people weren't receiving the anointing. They weren't receiving the gifts as much as they were a cute hairstyle or a nice-looking couple or well-behaved kids. What we are as a family, and I wanted to say this and be clear here at Highway Church, as much as we appreciate those things, we know that we are who we are because we've been marked by God, because we've been smeared, every one of us. <laughs> every child in this family, Mariah, Eden, Judah, and Dana, have all been smeared. And it's the call of God, and we agreed, we agreed to walk in that call, to receive that call. You don't have to. You can say no. You can say no. But we agreed. We said, God, we're going to do what you've called us to do. And we're going to trust in you to take care of our kids' needs. We're going to trust in you to take care of our marriage, to take care of our financial needs. We're going to trust in you. So as much as we appreciate that, <laughs> all the compliments and things like that, I want it to be known, we want it to be known, that we see ourselves as having received much from the Lord. And, and we acknowledge him. Who we are and what you see every Sunday is because of the gifts that he's given to us. And it just happened that he led us to be married 
and then combine and multiply the gifts, which is what's beautiful in a married couple, as your gifts complement his gifts and so forth and so on. So there's just compounded blessings whenever you follow the Lord. There's just compounded blessing when following the Lord. So we just thank God, and it's true for you. You have an anointing. And I just want to pray that, uh, that we'd re- recognize that, receive it. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you have not left us alone. You've not left us to try and figure this thing out. But you have made it very clear, Lord, that you have given us Jesus. And we receive him into ourselves. We receive him as Lord of our lives. We receive the anointed one and his anointing. If we didn't know it before today, we receive right now the anointing that you have placed on us as individuals. We receive it. We take and acknowledge the anointing that you've given us. And we operate in our gifts according to that anointing. Not by works that we have done, but according to your goodness, according to your mercy. Hallelujah. According to your purpose and according to your ability. It's you who lives in us, who, who is working in us both to do, uh, do uh, <laughs> I'm missing the scripture. It's you who live in us both the will and to do according to your good pleasure. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We just acknowledge the anointing. We put our faith in what you've done. We put away the wisdom of men. And we put our faith in what you've done. Teach us more, Lord. Open our eyes to what you've done. Give us clarity as to the gifts you've given us. Give us clarity as to the anointing that resides and abides in us. And Father, may we begin to walk out and operate according to the anointing, to the leading of the Holy Spirit by this anointing, Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.